Don't sweat the technique, popheads, and welcome to issue 39 of Freebiezine Presents Popcast, aka the Tomcast Popcast. My name is Tom. Teaming up with me today, the always awesome. He's real. He's spectacular. He's Roger Smith. Spectacularly here once more. You can find him at ExoMechaGold on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, do you guys like this podcast? <laughs> Why don't you show us some love and support by, uh, by following us on social media, at TomCast underscore PopCast on Twitter, and at the TomCast underscore PopCast on Instagram. And if you're so inclined, you can join Pophead Nation over at Patreon.com slash TomCastPopCast for an inexpensive way to help make sure that this show continues to run on all cylinders. Remember, this is the pop culture podcast that knows the Hawkeye is in the Hawkeye of the Beholder. <laughs> I don't know what that means. No, but I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> Roger, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Just got off work. Wasn't too bad of a day today, so I feel like I'm in a chill groove today. That's excellent news. I like yeah. to hear that. <laughs> what? Let me ask you a question before we kind of get started on things. Yeah, I'm, all right. I'm a little curious your thoughts. How do you feel about, about wine? Wine. Well, I know it's made from grapes. Okay, uh, so that's a strong start. Yeah, yeah. It uh, smells interesting. Tastes even more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'm not a huge wine guy, but I, I do appreciate, you know, some slightly sweet, not too bitter, you know. I'm probably more of a white wine guy, if anything, but I don't know. Yeah, I never, never really uh, gained the palate for it, I suppose. What What is your... I'm curious. What is your what is your kind of like your general sense of wine people? Wine people. Well, they're like rich beer people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of the that's the stereotype of it for sure, but I mean, typically I feel like people that are really into wine are kind of just very in on their own scene, you know, and I don't know I don't know if I could ever break into something like that. It's very, very hard to get into. Oh, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, I bring it up for, for there, there is a reason why I brought yeah. this up. <laughs> uh, my wife and I, we spent the weekend up in the, the lovely, beautiful Santa Inez Valley region. Oh, okay. You know, just north of Santa Barbara. Sure. They have a, a beautiful uh, wine scene there, mm-hmm. wine culture. Yeah. Uh, it's like, um, it's nice and, 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 and fancy, but it's not like, you know, Napa fancy. Oh, okay. You know, it's like... Anyone can actually go. It's it's okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're friendly there. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. They're not going to charge you eighty dollars for for uh, you know four tastings. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not that it's uninviting, but it, it does feel kind of difficult to get into that kind of scene. You know, it's it's very much a, a close knit group of people. I well, think. and and I I I've dabbled my toe in, in the, <laughs> the turning water into wine field. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I am starting to to learn and explore. My my wife's become very interested in it. Oh, okay. Which means I become very interested in it by extension. Yeah, by proxy. Uh and <laughs> and I we're going around to these these different wineries sure. uh, in in the valley and they're on these these big, big huge estates. Um, okay. they're very very nice grapevines everywhere. <laughs> beautiful little tasting areas on the on the properties. Yeah. And I and I'm kind of I'm looking around, and I, I I have my. This is probably a conversation for beer night in San Diego. I'll be honest with you, but <laughs> it's all since good. I since I wasn't on the show this week, I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> I am okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking around, and I'm I'm taking in all the all the sights and the, the beautiful scenery, and then mm-hmm. the, uh, the 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 fancy people, <laughs> and and I'm just wondering. I was like, what is the thing that makes this much more so much more popular than and beer in yeah. a lot of people's minds? Yeah. You know, I, I know people 
I know plenty of people who, you know, they're not really all that interested in beer, but you offer them a glass of wine, even if it's not a very good glass, they're going to say, heck yeah, I want that. Exactly. So I just was kind of curious, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to put my finger on it, trying to wrap my mm. mind around what the big differences are in the scene. If anyone listening has any insights, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting to uh, kind of gather from different people, because I, there there is diff- definitely a difference, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the communities, but... There doesn't seem to be a lot of reason for there to be. You yeah, know? and and you know, like I said, there's a lot of like very dressed up people, mm-hmm. very fancy people. But I've planned to, been to plenty of beer events where people are wondering like that too. You know, this is true. You know, lovely women in, in beautiful flowing sundresses and stuff like that. That happens at beer events too, just like it does at wineries. True. But I'm trying to figure out like where where's the the disconnect? Like where can these two worlds of beer and wine come together and we all get together and have a good time? And I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just seems very different and very separate, and I don't know if they can come together, but I guess I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to make, I don't know, how to make beer seem <laughs> elevated, I suppose. I don't know. That, that, that's a good point. But I maybe mean, it's not supposed to be. That's true, because, I mean, our, our whole thing is kind of like beer should be the everyman drink, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's that's something they would scoff at, you know? Perhaps. perhaps. I don't know. I mean, wine, I think, has always kind of been like a sign of the upper class. You know, it's definitely a more expensive drink on average, uh, definitely. Well, that's that's kind of where I was getting a little... A little I I had I used to think the same thing, mm-hmm. but as we as we are as 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 craft beer consumers, I think sure. we're starting to see that, that that's not yeah. necessarily the case on any all the <laughs> time maybe, anymore. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> but uh, used to be, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd just like to kind of figure out where the two worlds can kind of come together, and we can kind of learn from each other and everything. But I, I don't know. I think I said maybe it's not realistic. Maybe we can do a, a beer and wine fest, you know? Maybe we'll, we'll be the first to start that. Uh, we'll have to figure it out. I, I know there's a lot more to, the, to this mystery and, and, you know, maybe as, as I explore more of the, of the of the California wine scene, I'll, I'll come up with some answers. But I just kind of wanted to speculate with you a little bit. Well, we'll shoot out our tendrils and see what the, what the masses have. Uh, I hope they have something smarter to say than what I did, because I'm just, just <laughs> guessing. I'm like, I don't know. Like, why can't People come to a brewery and have this much fun and be this nice. Yeah. Sometimes people get, you know, brewery people get a little crazy. Yeah. They go a little yeah. nutsy over there sometimes at the breweries. This is true. I sometimes suppose. you see some... Now, granted, that's not to say that wine people are always on their best behavior after they had, like, their third or fourth glass. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just the same. I'm just looking at it from the wrong perspective. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you just have to be in there for longer to see that side of it. So you never know. Never know. Uh, all right. Enough wine talk. No one came to this podcast to listen to us talk about wine or to wine about wine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we kind of talked about, we, we kind of hinted in the opening here uh, about our first news story of the day, and that is, that's the Hawkeye series. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's Hawkeye news. Uh, it has been announced that uh, Jonathan Igla will be the showrunner and the series writer for the Hawkeye series on Disney+. Plus. He comes from the, the renowned series Mad Men, so he has very legit bona fides as a creative driving force on a, on a show that had, you know, awards just heaped on it and thrown at it constantly. Yeah. And then also in the Hawkeye news, it has been reported that, uh, that Haley Steinfeld has been offered the role of Kate Bishop, All right. who is like the uh, heir apparent to Jeremy Renner's <laughs> Hawkeye character. Yeah. Any thoughts on Hawkeye? As a series. Uh, do you, does this get you more excited about the Hawkeye series? I, I think it definitely gives it a lot more promise to, uh, you know, what we originally really didn't have much to go off of other than, yes, this exists and it will be good, you know. But um, do we know anything about the uh, 
time period that this is going to be taking place. I mean, I mean, it all sounds post uh, post um, um, ends end game. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's going to be just immediately after taking place, or maybe a few years more in the future. Because I mean, well, I guess in the movie she uh, she would have been. I don't know. I, I still think she may have been too young. I'm not too familiar with with the character from the comics, so I don't know if she started off very young or if you know. Uh, in the comics, she starts off. She's a teenager. Okay, so you it know, is mid to late teens. Okay, so yeah, I, I guess that's around where she was in the at Endgame, right? Well, I don't think that character is the same character. Oh, it's not. Okay, no, I'm misunderstanding that. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the film's just he and his daughter, and and Kate Bishop's is a separate. Character, at least in the comics, oh. Kate Bishop's completely separate from the character. They just kind of, I guess the way, I guess the most clear way to say that she was introduced in the comics is there was a period where, as as most comic characters go through, mm. at least at some point in their career, where Hawkeye was assumed dead. Sure. And so a, a new character mm. kind of took the mantle of Hawkeye. Just no, no relation to the character, no connection to the character, just God. a really good archer. Okay. And he was like, yeah, I'm now I'm Hawkeye. <laughs> Deal with it. And then Hawkeye came back to life and was like, well. Now there's two Hawkeyes, and it. It, it became a very fun comic book series uh, from from Matt Faction, and mm. uh, I think it was David Aja, Aha, David Aha. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> uh-huh. They did a, a wonderful <laughs> run with with the two characters as two Hawkeyes. Okay. You kind of had Kate Bishop as like a private detective Hawkeye, and then you had you know Clint Barton Hawkeye stumbling mm. around New York dealing with like Russian mobs and stuff like that. Okay, so she's just a completely separate character. Then. Right, but there's like a, there is a mentorship between the two and, and okay. they they have kind of bonded in in the series and everything like that. But it's just kind of it's it was a very unique relationship in the comics. And mm. I don't I'm assuming they're going to go with something like that. I would suspect there will be more of the characters together as opposed okay. to the comic series that kind of had them crossing paths but living their own lives as well. So oh, I don't know. Interesting. You know, we're, we're not getting a lot of details on what's coming up yet, but <laughs> but things are starting to fall into place. Sure. Now, obviously, Haley Steinfeld is not com- committed to the, to the part just yet, but they're out there. Marvel's act- out, out there and actively casting. They sure. do have a creative power, in, at, at a creative person, I should say, driving <laughs> this trip. So yeah. driving the ship. So it's, um, it's going to have... It's going to have story stuff soon. We're, yeah. We should start finding out plot details, I don't know, I'd guess in like six, eight, nine months from now. Probably. Yeah, yeah. At least like a general plot overview of what, it, what it's going to be. Seems Yeah, it seems really early on at this point. But yeah, that's, that's uh, like I said, it's promising. It leaves us optimistic for what is to come of this. Yeah, and, more, uh, more rad Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I'll finally learn more about Hawkeye because apparently I don't know that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it seems like for a long time it seemed like a lot of people didn't give a shit about Hawkeye, especially in the movies. So Everyone's favorite Avenger. Oh man, he got shit on for a long time. I know, right? <laughs> the, the film version at least. Was yeah, like, just yeah. Like, why, is, why is Jimmy Renner in this? Hawkeye sucks. He's kind of a legend. He's been around in the comics for a while. Yeah, he's fine. Well, speaking of, of Disney Plus and the Marvel se- series and stuff like that, you know, we, we talked about how they have announced the Moon Knight series is coming mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, yeah. Everyone seems to be really excited about it. Sure. So, of course, fans are doing what fans do best, which is they are... Uh, Making their own casting decisions okay. for who should play Moon Knight. <laughs> this is always fun. Yeah, a couple of uh, the, I guess I should say the fans' top contenders. Okay. And I want. To, I definitely wanted your opinion. Sure. The the, the two mm-hmm. that I, that I singled out for this this uh, this little report. Yeah. This official podcast report. <laughs> fans apparently want to see Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Or, Rami Malek. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's uh, those are two actors. They they are actors. <laughs> They've done some uh, pretty crazy stuff. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I would have pegged either of them <laughs> as my first choice. You know. But uh, I don't know. What would you think on that one? That's... Uh, I didn't think much of it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, that came out of left field to me. But Yeah, I don't know if, I, if I'm if i on board the Shia LaBeouf train. I know he's kind of yeah. like making a bit of a career. career uh, re- renaissance. Yeah, renaissance, comeback, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> you know, he seems to be on the uptick again as far as making good movies and sure. keep, keep, keeping his personal lunacy in check. <laughs> But I don't think being a crazy person in real life means you get to be Moon Knight. Yeah. That's kind of my take on it, at least with Shia. Seems like a cop-out. I mean, I feel like people want the real-life characters to be like their Marvel counterparts, much like RDJ was Tony Stark, you know. But that doesn't work as well when you're trying to portray a crazy person. (laughs) Yeah, it was... Again, fan casting's always interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I... As far as Remy Malik goes, I mean, I I think he has the chops. Oh yeah, I don't dispute that at all. I just don't know if. I mean, I guess his portrayal could be interesting. It, a mm-hmm. lot depends on what they decide to do mm-hmm. with their take. Like, what's this yeah. take gonna be? Is it gonna be like a, a deep psychological profile kind of th- kind of a kind of a show? Yeah. Or are we looking for more uh, bang pow fisticuffs? That's true, and it, that really does come down to, you know, whatever they decide is going to make a huge, you know, decision in how they cast the character, because, you know, whichever side you go on, whichever portrayal you choose, is really going to define how the character needs to be cast, you know, certain characters, you're like, okay, we need somebody that can do this, this, and this, we're going to get this guy, right? Versus, you know, if you're just doing straight action, like you said, you might go for somebody who's a little more action-oriented or, you know, more experienced in that field. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go, because I think that's that's where the uh, real good stuff is going to get into play. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because it is Marvel. Mm-hmm. So we do have to consider the fact that, yes, this show will be on Disney+, Plus, but these, these shows were actively included in, on, in the new phase. Sure. So to me, that means at some point, it can't just be an isolated series. Mm-hmm. It has to come together with the general cinematic universe overall. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if you can just get away with doing a, a, a psychological profile show for a couple <laughs> of seasons. Then all of a sudden you throw them into like the next big Avengers movie. Sure. Yeah. Now maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> and I could be, <clears throat> but I, I think at the end of the day, the, these characters still do have to have interactions with the, the Marvel universe at large at some point. Yeah, they need so to they, be. They need to, they need to have that yeah. dynamic where they can they can seamlessly fit into like whatever mm-hmm. crossover event or whatever they decide to do with them down the road. Yeah, whatever sort of cohesive team they're trying to form, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, otherwise it doesn't make sense. But I think this is going to be the first time we're getting our first glimpse of that, you know, bringing the TV into the movie universe. Mm-hmm. So that's something I guess we have to consider too when considering casting for these shows. Yeah, and uh, my for for myself, I have not bothered to do much of my own fan casting for <laughs> for the the Moon Knight character. Yeah, Marvel does a fine job. I there does I can't really think offhand of the last time I was like, oh, that's weird casting because it always seems to work out. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> these guys that get yeah. paid a lot of money to figure these things out. 
That's true. That this is their one job. It's the, <laughs> you have one job, <laughs> and it's to cast the accurate, the most correct person. Yeah, yeah, and they've done a great job so far. We've grown to love all the characters pretty much. So yeah, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, I just I was just, I just kind of came across that on the internet. I was like, oh boy, I wonder if we should talk about this at all. Because yeah. now watch <laughs> one of them. Will, one of them will get cast, and we'll be like, okay, cool. Let me. Uh, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we totally said Shia LaBeouf will be awesome. <laughs> All right. Anywho, uh, Roger, we do have a beer today. What are we drinking, bud? We're going back to our favorite since it is the Oktoberfest season. That is correct. We're hitting that Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. Uh, we just can't help ourselves around mm-hmm. here. We are huge fest beer, huge Marison fans. It's all good. Yeah, and we're not even doing proper glassware. We're just having it right out of the bottle. Because we want it that badly. Try and stop us. You can't. <laughs> the show will be recorded and done with by the time you hear it. Yeah, the so beers will be empty. Unless you got a DeLorean, you're out of luck. Ooh. Oh, my God. What if someone showed up right now to stop us? Because they're <laughs> or, from the future. Or if you had, like, a Terminator just pop up. Holy shit. <laughs> How fucking wild would that be? Oh, my God. <laughs> if someone's there. listening to this and you invent time travel, come back right now. Give us a stein. Show up right over there. Mm, no one's here. Oh, well. Time travel was not invented in the future. At least not by one of our listeners. No, clearly not. <laughs> Spoilers for anyone listening who thought about it. You didn't do it. It didn't Sorry. work. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right, let's talk about something else. We got more news. Yes. Uh, so It Chapter 2 is out, and it's raking in the cash. Yeah. Are you going? You know, I didn't get a chance to see the first one in theaters. I It was one that I really wanted to see. I just just didn't get around to it. I don't know why. So I need to go back and watch that one okay. and then come into this one because okay. it's looking really good. This is like the kind of horror movie that I dig, you know, that's not focused so much on the jump scares, but more of the atmosphere and the tension mm-hmm. and just, you know, the character dynamics. That's really what I'm into when I'm after a horror movie. So. Now, there, there, have been, there have been some mixed reviews on it. Some okay. people kind of like, are, are saying the plot kind of sags in a few points, stuff like that. Sure. Uh, but super producer Cody Thompson, <laughs> big fan of the movie. He loved it. He had yeah. a good time watching it. Um, I personally... Well, there's a multitude of reasons why I won't go see it, mostly right. because I'm scared of clowns that, you know, uh, attacking me reason. in a movie theater. That is a very good reason. <laughs> and so I will I will be watching it from the comfort of my house in, in five or six months, whenever it is available for home viewing, <laughs> because all the lights will be on and the sun will be out. With a baseball bat over your shoulder, just in case. <laughs> just, in, just in case, because, you know, fuck clowns. <laughs> Got no time for that mess. <laughs> the only kind I can tolerate is a joker, and it's just, just I know he's evil. Yeah, yeah, he, he's not hiding anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just knock on the door and shoot me in the face. That's <laughs> that I can prepare for. Yeah, with the camera and everything. <laughs> so yeah, it's out. It is out. It sounds so weird to say that, but yeah. it chapter two is out in theaters. Uh, if you've gone, do do like Cody did and, and tell us what you think of it. Yeah, it'd because, be great to hear. Yeah, we'd love to hear your reviews because it's gonna take us a while to check it out. Yeah, because because Roger hasn't seen the first one and I'm a big scaredy cat. <laughs> so it might take a while to get to that one. Yeah. Also in in Stephen King news because because it's like. All that's old is new again. Stephen King is is <laughs> back with with a vengeance, you know. In, as as I'm in my 40s, just as he was when I was in my teens, it's wild. Uh, for the upcoming CBS All Access show of The Stand, yes, there's been some casting. All right. Now, actually, there's been quite a bit of casting, but I'm only going to highlight two of the big names. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg, yeah, is coming on to play Mother Abigail, right. the kindly, nice old lady. <laughs> who who guides the good people into their battle cool. with with uh 
And who are they going to battle with? <laughs> Looks like they're going to battle with against Alexander Skarsgård, who's oh. taking over the iconic role of Randall Flagg, a.k.a. Captain Trips, a.k.a. the Man in Black, a.k.a. the Devil. Well, there you go. How exciting is that for you? <laughs> I, I am down for that, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because these Skarsgård kids <laughs> just fucking apparently just want to live in the Stephen King universe because Bill's, uh, Bill, I think it's Bill Skarsgård is playing mm-hmm. Pennywise yeah, in the yeah, It movies. Yeah, I was about to say. And he was also cast, I forget the name of the character, but he was on the, uh, the, the Castle Rock show that was on Hulu. Oh, that's right, yeah. So uh, those Skarsgård kids are pretty much in everything anyways. They're good at being evil, apparently. Yeah, they're good at being evil. <laughs> I think Alexander Skarsgård is, is going to be a fantastic Randall Flagg. Yeah, I think that looks pretty cool. And I mean, I, haven't, I don't think I've watched it since it was on TV. Uh-huh. But that, that ABC adap- uh, adaptation they did, that miniseries they did of, of The Stand uh, back in like the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, yeah. It, it, left, uh, it left a bit to be desired. Sure, yeah. It's been years since I've seen that one. But. Yeah, So and... and you know, I've, I've I have slowly become an advocate for the for the CBS All Access platform. Yeah, it is one of those apps I reluctantly got into, but then I found all these shows that I was like, ooh, you're like this is actually good. Yeah, <laughs> and you know they've been, they've been talking about bringing the stand back uh, for a long time, and I, I think the best way to do it you can't you can't do the stand as, as a bunch of movies. It's not going to work out well. I think yeah. I think a miniseries or or like a or even just like like a, a two or three season long. Show sure is probably the the best platform to really get all that material out because that is a dense book. Yeah, it's a lot of material to get through, but that's probably the best medium to get it through. Mm-hmm. So. But it, it's it's kind of like the 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 classic you know good versus evil end of the world storyline. Yeah, you know humanity on the brink kind of thing. And uh, I'm excited to see it kind of come back to life. There, like I said, there, there's been some other characters cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, some of the names you'll recognize. Sure. Some of the faces you'll recognize. Oh. I think the show's trending in the right, right direction. That sounds good. And, and, and anything that's not that uh, lackluster adaptation <laughs> of, of The Dark Tower should be should be good news for Stephen King fans. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's getting to be that time of year where all the spooky stuff is coming oh, out. Oh, so. yeah, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to get into all kinds of Halloween <laughs> stuff soon down the road. But uh, were, you, were you a big Stephen King reader growing up at all? No, I, you know, I think it was kind of... Not so much before my time because Stephen King is kind of timeless, you know. Yeah, but, I mean the guy's never stopped writing except for that period when he got hit by a car. Yeah, and he took a few months off to recover. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was just never, never a genre of book that I guess I really got into. The only spooky stuff I read as a kid was Goosebumps. <laughs> right on. But um, Goosebumps is kind of timeless too, just like Stephen King. Yeah, to a degree. I'm, I'm sure some of the things might not hold up so much, but. Uh, Definitely a, a creepy puppet is always creepy. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's definitely one of those, um, you know, he's one of those authors that I've always wanted to get into. Just kind of be like, all right, let me give some of these a shot. Because you hear so many people, you know, just ranting and raving about how good the series he writes are for the most part. So I think it's definitely one I, I'm going to have to put on my bucket list of reading things. Yeah, I've definitely gone through through two or three different phases with his books. Um, mm-hmm. um you know, back in the day when I, when I was young and you went to the library and you, you wanted Stephen King books because everybody else was reading Stephen King books. And that sure, seemed like, yeah. what, the, what all, like all the cooler older kids or adults and stuff <laughs> were reading. Um, but with the, with, I guess the books I liked the most were, were his, kind of like his earlier works, like, like okay. Cujo and Christine and, and Firestarter and then, then yeah. those ones. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought those were good books and I liked those books. But then he kind of did this thing where the book started getting longer and longer mm. and my attention span was getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> Funny how that works. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading needful things and I'm like, like 300 pages into it. 
And I'm like, nothing's happening. It's so boring. <laughs> On page 25, I knew this guy was the devil, but like, can we get moving here a little bit faster, faster, faster? Sure. So I kind of burned out on, on Stephen King books. Okay. Um, that's not to say they weren't good. Just Yeah, just, yeah. They, they require they, a big attention span. Well, a lot they, of time. Yeah, more commitment than I was willing to give them. Sure. A lot of characters that were not, a little slow in the uptick. And you know? <laughs> it was kind of wearing me out a little bit. Got it. But, you know, King's a classic, and he knows so much about writing. And he writes, he does... The one thing, the the biggest comment I can give him is he writes so, so well. He knows stories so well mm-hmm. that that you know dissecting his book is just a, a an incredible way to understand story structure. Got it. That's cool. so I do appreciate that about him. It's just sometimes <laughs> the characters are a little thick. Yeah. It's like, hey, that guy's evil. Don't 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 trade him your soul for a baseball card. <laughs> Bad deal. Yeah, see, that's see, gonna suck later. It seems obvious, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Needful things might be a bad example, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the one that sticks out the most in my brain. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if you've got a chance to. Um, well, I, we talked a little bit about it last week, and but you probably saw what happened shortly after the episode was released. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I were talking about uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie coming out, yeah, the, the yeah. Todd Phillips directed Joker film. Yep. It came away with the top honors at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah, and I was just curious, um, how do you how do you kind of process that? Is it is it just more hype, or should this be like something like, hey man, this is like legit. Like let's pay attention to this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've definitely been <clears throat> following a lot of that. I think it's even gotten like more like uh, renowned from some other fest or some other thing that they showed it at recently. But um, yeah, honestly, for me, I'm kind of just treating it as as more hype, more. Uh, more of a good thing. Um, you know, I was already optimistic about it just after watching the trailers and just from everything I've seen from, you know, critics and people that have seen the movie, it seems pretty unanimous. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to go in there pretty satisfied with it. I, I don't think we're going to be disappointed. I, I feel like they're going to go the right directions for it. And at the very least, even if it's, not a great, uh, you know, to character Joker that we're familiar with. We're going to leave satisfied that it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think either way we win. It's either a good movie and an okay Joker adaptation or great for both. You know, so I'm optimistic. I'm keeping hopeful and I'm not letting the detractors get me down so <laughs> yeah no no and there's no point in doing that and you know i i i shared my concerns last week but i i want to believe it's gonna be a good flick it's gonna be yeah. a fun time though i was thinking about it i mm-hmm. was trying to trying to p- apply uh the constraints of of my my current schedule with, yeah. with juggling work and school and, and home life and i'm like i don't know when i'm gonna see this movie <laughs> i need i need a professor to cancel a class or something like that so i can go so you might be our main joker correspondent for this film yeah, as which a, puts a lot of burden on you. Yeah, because you're gonna have to come in here and talk about the movie, but not without ruining it for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to definitely figure out how to do that one. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you you might be the man. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna see that opening weekend. Yeah, so, right on. So we're 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 gonna we're gonna watch that. Yeah, I may try to figure something out. Maybe maybe we can sneak over there together. I don't know. I don't know. It's a very uh, play it by ear day to day situation <laughs> for me, unfortunately. But that that is that is a um, guy that might be my. It's got to be like my top must-see movie this fall, right? I mean, I what, think so. Like, not, what, I feel like nothing's coming out right now that I'm super interested in. For the fall, no. I think other than that, we just have Star Wars to look forward to. But I, I can't think of any other movie that I'm just like. I mean, I haven't I haven't even gone to watch movies in a long time. So uh, I'm thinking that's kind of all we got right now. 
I feel like I'm missing something obvious, but... There probably is. Uh, the, the new Ad Astra movie, the one with uh, Brad Pitt, looks like it might be pretty interesting. Okay. But it also looks like a movie that'll probably be close to three hours long, so... That seems to be the way I'm things like, are going. Well, I'm not sure I can not make it to that one. <laughs> I really do want to see it, though. It does look really good. Yeah. Um, but there was, uh... Since you brought it up, I did want to. Talk, I wanted. To, I did want to speculate with you a little bit. Sure. Because because this is kind of a fun episode for us. There's there's not a lot of crazy news to dive nah. into. We don't have to like rip things apart. But there was an article posted up recently on 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 the Io9 website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the ten silly theories that could explain Dark Ray in Star Wars: The Rise oh, of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've come across this article yet. No, I haven't read it. No. So, it's ranked from. Most plausible to least plausible. Okay. And I was going to read them to you. Sure. All right. We'll go through them. And I just wanted your your two cents. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I've had my own theories. Actually, to be honest, before we get into the list, I actually had this theory back when the first movie, you know, the first of the new series came out that I'm like, what if Ray turns to the dark side and then... Ben is the one that has to redeem himself. He goes total WWE. Yeah, exactly. And I, I thought it would be like such a crazy she heel turns and then and then and and and, and, uh, and Kyla goes baby face. Yeah, I thought it would be I thought it'd be pretty crazy, and everybody thought it was stupid and that I was dumb for even suggesting it. Well, and I'm since like, they have okay. force powers, they can make the steel chairs hit each other. There you go. With the force. <laughs> just you know, folding chairs. Oh man, then just gonna be Stone amazing. Cold runs out and just stuns both of them, and the. <laughs> Movie theater explodes. That'd be great. <laughs> there's my th- there's my theory. That's that's number eleven on the list. <laughs> well, so the first so the first one the first you know the top ranked theory is like Ray goes dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, that seems to be what you're buying into. That that was my original theory, and as to like why it was like so easy for her to just kind of gain the power so quickly and just be so adept at everything. It's like just historically anybody that gains power quickly tends to be corrupted by it. So, and I mean, I just thought it'd be so funny because she's such a like perfect, innocent character that it just seemed like, you know, it's ripe for manipulation from someone like Paul Bettine. And there's a way before even Paul Bettine was, you know, hinted at being in the movies. But I just thought, oh, wow, what, wouldn't it be crazy if, you know, the Skywalker line redeemed itself against the new Sith threat that, you know, just completely took us for a spin. So, All right. The second the second reason All right. for Dark Ray, it's a Force vision. Mm. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like that'd be kind of a cop out, but it's possible. I kind of, this is, I think this is the theory that I kind of gravitated to, towards initially. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, she's having a force vision kind of thing, like like Luke did on Dagobah sure. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that she saw herself as the Vader. Right, you know, like, following okay. that following that path of, of Kylo and the Emperor, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on it. Yeah, I, I feel like it'd be kind of cheap if that's what it was and they showed it in the trailer, you know, it's like. Well, these trailers. Uh, yeah. Which leads to the next, the next theory. Uh-huh. It was made for the trailer. Oh, wow. It's a fake out. (laughs) That would be like, people would be pissed. So the the theory on this one uh, has to do with the fact that, you know, Disney owns Marvel. And Marvel, notoriously, especially for, you know, for uh, Infinity War itself, Lots of fake footage in that trailer that was, did not come to pass. There was. That's, so so that's maybe true. maybe Star Wars is is, is just going to start fucking with people. Now now Star Wars also did with, with Rogue One. Yeah, the scene plenty in the of hallway. Scenes, yeah. yeah, plenty of scenes in that in those Rogue One trailers that mm. were not in the final film. Sure. Maybe they're just throwing a curveball at us and throwing a monkey wrench in there. They're trying to get us all crazy crazy about it. It's possible. I just feel like 
a lot of the other fake outs weren't super like story uh, focused. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like just out of left field. Oh, by the way, she goes dark, but not really. Yeah, <laughs> that would kind of be integral to the story. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put that one off to the side. So and, and, no, as I said, as as we go, as we work down, they least, get a little crazier. Okay, okay. So here's here's one that like has some extended universe plausibility, but okay. as far as just the movies go, this would be totally like, whoa, wait, okay. okay. All right, see which one But is. there is a certain amount of sense in this one still. Okay. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was over here. We almost should have just left that in. Oh, no, I'll probably, <laughs> I probably will leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> it was so perfectly timed. Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, Janine uh, forgot her iPad, and it's been chirping nonstop as she gets messages on it all day. It's fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Um, so here's the, the next theory. Again, there, there is some connection. There is some plausibility here, but it's okay. kind of outlandish for what we know about this, this current trilogy. All right, all right. That's a clone of Ray. I've heard this theory. The yes. dark clone. Yeah. Probably with an extra E or two, as if you've read the... Thrawn novels, you'll know what that means. As you had Luke with two U's. Yes. <laughs> Which I can only, only assume you pronounce Luke. You have to. <laughs> As opposed to just Luke. It's like uh, minus the umlaut. You just put like three U's. <laughs> right. Now here, now this is where I think the, the theory starts to go bananas. Yeah. All right. The, the other possibility, it's not even Ray. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like some shapeshifter thing. Not even... You know that yeah, that'd be weird. It'd be uh, super weird, right? Yeah. Now they they have had a few sto- uh, shift shape shifting type characters. Uh, Zam Wessel from Attack of the Clones is sure. probably the most famous example of that. Seems a bit outlandish to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What about she's being force controlled either by Palpatine or by Kylo? Huh. That would probably be more plausible than the shapeshifter, I think. But, I don't know, to that extent... I mean, she's already proven herself as, like, crazy powerful and force-wielding. So, I don't know if she could be controlled. I mean, she already stood up to... She basically beat Kylo in a force battle right. in the first movie. That's that's kind of where so. where I fall as well. Now, now remember, this is a, a fun little article that io9 put up. So if sure. you have any problems with these, go to them, not to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't make up these theories. We're just talking about it. Yeah, this is this is from io9. <laughs> it's, it's a fun article. It's, I think you need to take it with, uh, you know, especially these last few examples. A little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, how about this theory? That it's a Kylo Ren sex dream. <laughs> That's uh, that's very outlandish, but I like it. <laughs> not, not, as, not quite as wholesome as Star Wars normally is, but sure, why not? Let's go I mean, with that. We already saw Kylo shirtless. There was definitely some tension there. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yummy, right? It's more Ben Swolo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about she's possessed by the ghost of Snoke? Mm, yeah, that'd be that'd be weird. I mean, I think this falls back to what we talked about earlier with with being controlled by either Kylo or the Emperor. It's like. No, no, no. We've seen that she has like really strong willpower and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. So the fact that Snoke is possessed her just kind of flies in the face of what we know about her. Yeah, I think she's more likely to be corrupted than she is to be controlled. So, uh. <laughs> all right, now, now, <laughs> the second most ludicrous <laughs> thing on here. <laughs> more than a sex dream. All right, she's Darth Plagueis. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Now, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with Darth Pelagius, he's referenced in episode three, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Where Palpatine's where, talking to 
Anakin about it. So yeah, one one of the like, one of the strongest scenes in that film is is, is that there's that scene at the the uh, of course on opera, and then Palpatine is talking about uh, was uh, Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yeah, yeah. I've told you the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. <laughs> yeah, so there's the theory. This is one of the theories that's that's probably the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. That, that Dark Ray is the reincarnation of Plagueis himself, just biding his time to strike his enemies. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just as uh, outlandish as Jar Jar Binks is Darth Plagueis. So. <laughs> now, here's my personal favorite crazy theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because this is probably the one, I think I think we can say with 100% certainty, this is not what's happening <laughs> in, in there. But right. I, I would I would love the banana banana crazy batshitness of this. <laughs> that I'm like, if it actually were true, I would probably just stand up in the theater and I would stand up in the theater and do a slow clap. Yeah, <laughs> because I'd be so goddamn impressed they went this fucking crazy. All right, what do we got? They they titled this section "She's Not Canon." <laughs> so what they're saying is that. Uh, so what if Dark Ray is from an alternate dimension, a non-canon dimension where, say, Anakin never became Vader, his kids, Luke and Leia, were trained as Jedi, Luke went to the dark side and made Rey his apprentice, and then sent his apprentice through the world between worlds to destroy her counterpart. Wow. <laughs> that's some, like, Marvel multiverse crap right there. That's, that's insane, but I like it a lot. Like I said, I would, I would stand up and slow clap because it would be, wow. Yeah. I would just be like, you know what? You have my attention. <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Um, it doesn't hold a candle to uh, my personal favorite theory, uh, which is that. Uh, oh, it totally skipped my brain. Oh, I don't have it anymore. I had it. I had it a second ago, <laughs> but I lost it. Oh man! I mean, I feel like the the top three definitely have the most you know, pull behind them, which, you know, is why they're at the top three. The, I think the, the third one was the clone one, right? Or was that the third or fourth? fourth yeah. yeah. Somewhere in there. The, you know, I've heard that clone theory before and some people have used the argument of how in the last Jedi, she goes to that one, like she's having that like force vision or whatever. And she sees like all those mirror images of herself. Right. And then, you know, they're all slap, uh, snapping, but like at a different, you know, pace from her. And, like, people are taking that to think, oh, you know, these are, like, clones of her or something or proof that there's other clones. And I'm like, that would be a real interesting theory. And definitely there's been some, you know, other no longer canon uh, backstory for that. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Force Unleashed, the game. Uh, yes, very much. So I think in the in the second game you find out that, you know, the main character is most likely a clone. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there were many failed attempts at cloning a Jedi, which everybody thought was impossible, you know, because you could clone regular people, as we've seen, obviously, you know, Clone Wars. But (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, the Clone Wars. I I had forgotten. Yes, yes. (laughs) Referenced in the original movie. So So, clearly clones are just, you know, something in the Star Wars universe. That that is actually part of this article. Uh, yeah. It does. It does. You know, it, it refers to the expanded universe novels that that Timothy Zahn wrote that introduced Grand Animal yeah. Thrawn, which is like the the clone with the extra uh, vowel in their names. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it does go on to elaborate that possibly going back to Camino and finding a whole army of rays. That would be insane. Right? How crazy <laughs> would that? Could, could that? I mean, it it seems like it's been. You know the expanded universe stuff, the, the video games and the books mm-hmm. and, and the, the the animated series is yeah. uh, that have taken the most advantage of the cloning 
availability yeah. in that exists in Star Wars. So it seems like the movies have stayed away so far. Yeah. But it's if Palpatine's back, the most logical explanation is that he, he cloned himself. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it stands to reason. that I think that theory is, is stronger than... Uh, than the article even makes it sound. I mean, I think yeah. it is. I think it is somewhat plausible. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the top theories um, that I would put out there. You know, just because it's been used before, and a lot of the sources that it's been used are no longer canon. So this would be like a great way to kind of bring back. Oh, hey, we can clone Jedi's, and that would kind of open up some even more crazy stuff for future movies and series. You know, what if Ray? <laughs> what if Ray is a clone? <clears throat> But she's a clone of Luke. They just switched the the Y chromosome around. You know that that would be pretty <laughs> insane too. Making her a Skywalker, right? That would be the way. I mean, it does kind of play into everyone's hopes and dreams that she's related to somebody in the Star Wars universe. I mean, yeah, you know, it would kind of tie up a lot of loose ends, and just like she was Palpatine's failed clone. Right. 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 But you know, being a failure to the dark side means you're great in the light side, which would also explain why she's so easily attuned to the force. Or possibly that, um, you know, the reason why she has that memory of uh, the, the people taking off uh-huh. from Jakku who left her there with the, with the junk trader. Yeah. You know, they, maybe they were part of the pro- the cloning project and they were like, no, we have to save this child and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, there's so much. We're cool going down a rabbit hole here, Roger. Like we could, we could unlock this entire movie right now. It might, be. and everyone will be so angry at us for doing it three months ahead of schedule. Oh crap! Uh, spoiler warning. Quickly, <laughs> <go>. <laughs> no, we are speculating. We know nothing. This is just a, like I said. This is a fun little article on Io9. If you guys want to check it out, yeah, uh, it's by uh, uh, Jermaine Lucier, and it's it's a good fun one. I'll probably share it on the show's uh, Twitter feed here in a little bit because it was fun. Yeah, and uh, you know. I don't, I don't like to speculate too much about Star Wars, but this sure. was kind of too fun to resist. Yeah, there's just, I mean, they just left us with that tasty little morsel at the end, and we're like, what? <laughs> you know, so it's, we almost had to speculate, and I think that was the point of it. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, <laughs> I just kind of like, I, and I, I actually kind of enjoy it when Star Wars theories get a little perverse. <laughs> yes. It just it goes against the entire wholesomeness of the, of the franchise, where it's like, Kylo's sex dreams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's a young dude. It happens. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of stroke mags in Star Wars, so I mean. It's true. Well, it, it's all in the other language that we can't read. That's, that's true. Oh, God damn it. You're right. They're surrounded by pornography. I had no idea. All those writings on the wall. It's all hieroglyphics, basically. <laughs> Holy shit. That's the real spoiler alert. There you go. This is what we're going to find out in episode nine. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, Roger. I can't believe you said that about Star Wars. Yeah, I'm How sorry, dare guys. you? I'm sorry. It's How blasphemy. dare you? <laughs> what else do I got for us? I got, I got one more piece of news All right. to talk about. And uh, I, I just kind of watched this uh, briefly this morning. So I, I, I didn't even get a chance to send you a link because, honestly, I didn't think it was really worth it. <laughs> So I'll just kind of share what I, what I saw. I don't know if you saw this. Uh-huh. Uh, HBO released a new little two-minute featurette on, on the, the Watchmen series coming yeah. in October. Okay. Did you get a chance to check it out? No, I didn't even know it popped out today. Yeah, it's just a really tiny little thing. It's it's a, you know, a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, talking mm-hmm. with uh, Damien Lindelof, the, the showrunner. Uh, you talked to Regina King a little bit, some of the actors and actresses. On the, uh, Regina King, I think uh, Jeremy Irons and Don Johnson, I think, are featured prominently in the, in the little featurette, kind okay. of talking about the world in which we're going to find these characters. Uh-huh. And uh, what I what I thought was interesting was uh, this, the, this featurette seemed to emphasize that the, a lot of the, a lot of 
the impetus of the show mm-hmm. is going to be about about masks. Okay. And and how pretty much everybody mm. is wearing masks. The the bad guys are wearing the Rorschach masks. Yeah. The good guys are wearing masks because the good guys are cops. Mm-hmm. But even like detectives have to be masked now to protect their families. That's true. Yeah. And so it seemed like a lot of the show was going to play on the, the 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 psychological effects of wearing a mask of having a hidden identity, sure. and 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 I guess that, how that alters the way you perceive yourself, you yeah. know, hero and villain, yeah, which I true. thought was interesting. Yeah, it kind of gets back to that whole who watches the Watchmen, thing, right? You know? <laughs> but I I couldn't help but draw a comparison. And now maybe you might think I'm 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 grasping wildly at straws here because uh, you haven't seen the feature at yourself. Sure. Okay. But I couldn't help thinking. <laughs> That this entire show might be a shot at Twitter. <laughs> Dude. And actually. all the trolls that just hide behind their anonymity and just go on there and blast people who they've never met and who they know will not come up and punch them in the face in you real know, life. That, that IRL, be, as the people say. As, as the kids be saying these days. <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's that's probably a good takeaway from it. I mean, just... Just from what you've described, it's it seems pretty viable. I mean, obviously, in, in our current society that is not superpower based, yeah, uh, anonymity is is very powerful on the internet. You know, knowing that you can pretty much say anything you want to somebody because yeah. the consequences are are minimal at yeah. best. I mean, I, I've seen a few videos mm-hmm. of somebody tracking a person down, yeah, and then they film them saying like, "You want to say it in my face?" Yeah, and which I mean, those are always funny to me. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. <laughs> it is pretty funny, but I think it does bring up a good point. It could definitely be a commentary on just how much power that anonymity gives you you know mm-hmm. i mean you know people have gotten their lives ruined over things people have said on twitter sure and it's just like you have this power to like wreck people to just like really tear into people and you know have everybody and their mom just come after you <laughs> and just take down your account and worse you know yeah it's crazy uh you know i i my relationship with twitter is I don't know. It, it, it it's pliable. I suppose uh-huh. is the best word for it. I it's mean, like I, I I like it. Yeah, I mean, I like it as a, as a resource and stuff like that. Sure. But I don't. I don't get into the fray no. with, with a lot of stuff. Especially Do not engage. I, yeah, I have. I don't have a lot of interest in it. I just don't. No. Like that's not the world I want to live in. Yeah. You know, because because Twitter can get toxic really quickly. Very true. And again, I, I, we do this show for fun. Exactly. You know, so I just want to talk about fun things. <laughs> you know, we do, we do this, we do this show in particular because we want to talk about movies and comic books and, mm-hmm. and video, you know, all the stuff that we really enjoy doing when we have downtime. Exactly. And, and, and beer nights the same way. We we want to talk about uh, fun beer stuff and the things that we really enjoy about the beer scene and the people we we like to promote and, and like, yeah. hey, check out these guys at the brewery. They make awesome stuff. Try to be as positive as possible. Yeah, exactly. But it's really easy to get dragged down into, oh, yeah. into some negative stuff with people. And it's just like, I no, I'm not interested <laughs> in doing this, man. I don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah. There's so many dark cracks and crevices that you can fall into. And it's just best to try to avoid it, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I got, I know, I know some, I know plenty of people who, who've gotten, um, I don't want to say like dragged through the mud, but kind of like just, they, they've gotten lost in the weeds and, and sure. kind of like, trying to clarify or defend their point of view or something like that. And it could, because it's just like everyone goes on, on attack mode yeah. and they say horrible, awful things. Yep. And it's like, what do you, what do you do to that? Like, I mean, someone who you don't know who has a screen name, like something ridiculous that yeah. has, you know, 
does not link to any person in your society that you can be like, hey, Steve over there called me this name. Yeah. No, it's got, they have their alias. Yeah, there's no accountability. No accountability. And it just says something completely awful and horrible and, mm-hmm. and they can just get away with it. Exactly. It's, oh. so I wonder, like I said, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm just drawing that kind of comparison to our our society mm-hmm. and, and being like, oh, well, this is what they're doing. They're just kind of extrapolating all the social media nonsense yeah. and putting it into like this Watchmen world where I don't think social media is going to exist. Probably not. I, I feel like <clears throat> social media is kind of just, uh, you know, taking a step out from, you know, actually dealing with people face to face. And it's just kind of treating it, like you said, maybe like a metaphor where instead of, you know, talking crap about this guy online, you're over here fighting him in person yeah. because you're both wearing masks. Well, and that's the best part, you know, to me, when, when science fiction and fantasy and, and comic books are done the best is when they are done in a way that you can take what they're saying and yeah. apply it to your reality. Be like, uh-huh. oh, oh, I wonder if this is a commentary on so-and-so. Now, a lot of people will take these movies and films and, and games and comics and yeah. apply their own shit to it. And that sure. maybe doesn't, that isn't necessarily there. Sure. But so maybe I'm, like I said, maybe I'm just kind of clutching at straws here. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It sounds like it's the internet. possible, but but I like the uh, I like the analogy there. Yeah, I don't I know. Like maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, this show's still um, over a month away from debuting. Sure. So um, we got time. We got time. Roger, do you have the HBOs? <laughs> no, no, I don't. So okay. I might have to look into how I'm going to see that. Yeah. Or, or the worst case scenario, I'll be I'll be your. Uh, Watchmen entry point, the way you'll be my Joker <laughs> entry point. <laughs> that sounds fair. Oh, speaking of, of shows that I can't watch just at the moment, yes. how was Titans going? Oh, I, I just saw the uh, season two, episode one, which was really season one, episode 12. What? Yeah, it's, you know, I understand why they did it. They What happened with the first season was that they cut it short by one episode. Oh. So the... You know, the last, you know, cliffhanger thing happens and there's no resolution to it, which works as a season finale because you're like, oh, wow, everything's gone to crap. And then that's when it stops and you're like, oh, I got to watch the next season, which I feel like is probably where they were going for. They wanted people to get hooked and be like, all right, now watch the next one. But also in that, you know, season two, episode one, or like I said, the last episode, had the resolution of, you know, the cliffhanger, everything, you know, got resolved. And then there was references to Deathstroke. Mm. And I think they were trying to save any future villain references for the following season. But overall, I really liked the episode. It tied off, you know, all the loose ends real good and kind of showed us where we're going to go for this next season. So... It worked as a as a starting point for the new season, but I think I definitely would have liked to have seen it as the end of last season and seen something else this day, or that they release you know a couple episodes this time, because I you know I really like the show. Okay, it's, it's it's going real well. I mean, people have their gripes, and sure, there's like little story things here and there. I'm like, that's that doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, it's it's a comic book show. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a little bit of leeway. It's fine. I love the characters. The characterization is great. You know, just the way everybody's witty and, you know, bounces off of each other. That's what makes it worth it to me. You know, I'll, I'll give the, the story a little bit of leeway in, you know, every other regard. So 
Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic for it. It's looking good so far. Good, good, good. I I'm still I'm still in the middle of season one. Uh, that's not the show's fault. That's my fault. <laughs> uh, I actually really I did watch season two fairly recent. Or I did watch episode two fairly <laughs> recently, and I did enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and one day, <laughs> I will finish season one. Yeah. No, it's it's one definitely day. worth the time. I think so. Yeah. If you can make time for it. If we can get caught up on that one, we'll have some Titans talk. Oh, oh, so many Titans talks. Oh, man, I could spend a day just talking about the Titans comic books, oh, which, yeah. oh, boy, we could dive into that, too. <laughs> That'd be cool to kind of bounce between the two, seeing, like, where they kind of correlate, where the dissonance is. And... You know, it's so funny. Uh, you know, I, I think people who, who've listened to the show probably <laughs> probably openly mock us for this. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But it's like, we're the podcast that seems to want to talk about DC stuff that nobody else wants to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we haven't ventured into Suicide Squad, which to be honest, I don't know why they just keep trying to drive that so hard. I mean, it just feels like it's just not a huge thing that a lot of people are into. It was a cult classic comic book yeah. that they're trying to make into like a mainstream thing. And I don't know if it, it, if yeah. it jives. Yeah. I just don't, I don't see it that way. So that's one thing that we don't talk a lot about. But you know, everything else, we like the niche DC. It's fun. It is. Fun. I I do agree with you. And trust me, I have my own version of a Suicide Squad film that's much better than what we saw. Though I do think uh, James Gunn might be the might be the guy to get that on track. I'm I'm optimistic for it. It's James Gunn after all. You know, it is funny you brought up Suicide Squad because I was just reading a little article um, about mm-hmm. I guess DC's going to relaunch the comic again uh, in December <laughs> as they gear up for the James for the Gunn film fifth time. I think now. Well, I mean that's how comic books work now at Marvel and DC. You know, you sure. run a comic for a couple of years and then you cancel it and then you relaunch it with number one. Yeah, so I you just get those, like those jumping a, on points. Yeah, I just feel like they've done it a lot more recently. Oh no, they yeah, it's it's constant. It, yeah. It's it's the new thing. You know, you want. Apparently, the comic book industry's solution to getting new readers is to constantly have number one issues. Yeah, it's like just because your number one sells a lot doesn't mean we want new number ones. No, I'm personally sick of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I could do an entire episode about like what I think is wrong with Marvel and DC <laughs> as comic book publishers. Yeah, comic um, industry in general. But but they're going to relaunch the series again, Suicide Squad, in, in December. And again, it'll be it, – it seems like the main characters – now, it's always weird when the Suicide It's funny that Suicide Squad now has like main characters because it used know. to be very rotational before. Yeah, that was kind of the point. But now you always have Deadshot, you always have Harley Quinn, uh-huh. and some kind of combination of like King Shark and, and you know, um, who am I thinking of? Captain Boomerang, maybe? I can't remember yeah, exactly. Boomerang's usually in and out of that. So. Yeah, and, and, and now this time they're. <laughs> And it cracks me up because it's a goddamn comic book. Yeah. But uh, the new the new writer, uh, his name's Tom King, and he's actually written quite a few comics that I really oh, yeah. really like. Tom King's cool. Though he's also written a few that have made me like want to rip my fucking eyeballs out. Tom King is arguably cool. <laughs> I, no, no, I think he's cool. He, I, it's it's one series in particular where I, again it was it. Was, I can do an entire episode on how DC Comics has <laughs> fucked Wally West. Oh, dude. And like Wally. not in like the cool way of of like love, but it, just like just they've just. Rip that character's soul out of his body through the most painful orifices possible. Yeah, not quite, cool. Quite literally. And Tom sometimes. King's been part of that, and I, yeah. I can't, I can't vouch for that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a Tom good King? Batman writer, so yeah, yeah, did a great job with Mister Miracle. But he's the new writer for the Suicide Squad series, mm-hmm. and he's kind of touting, oh, the the roster's in flux this time because characters are gonna die, and characters who have like legacies and stuff. I was like, it's a comic book. You guys are just figuring out an event in six months to bring them all back to life, anyways. There you go. Nothing's permanent. Nothing's permanent. I mean, like, I anybody who thinks there's any kind of consequence in a Marvel DC comic book nowadays is uh, you, you. You haven't been reading very long, have you? <laughs> this is true. That's why people shouldn't, you know, lose their crap over 
comic book anything desk. <laughs> anything <laughs> comic does. books pretty much i loved it a couple years ago when when um when Marvel turned Captain America evil, uh-huh. they made him like a, a, a Hydra secret agent. Yeah. And people lost their fucking it. minds. It insane. And I'm and like, <laughs> okay, guys, come on. It's like in a year from now, it won't be the case. Yeah. They'll totally reverse this. Something's going to happen. Either he's not really evil or there's something else going on. Well, and I think it was uh, either right before Infinity War or right before Civil War came out. That, oh, hey, Gap's back to normal again. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah, there you go. They had to turn it back to normal before the next movie comes out. You can sell some, <laughs> sell a few extra comic books. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, I have entire episodes where I can just go in massive <laughs> diatribes about some of my, you know, all my vast years of comic book reading experience, <laughs> what I've learned, uh, you know, and part my wisdom yeah. To those who will uh, hear it. To the comic youngins out there. <laughs> <laughs> if there are any. I feel like comic books are, have become an old man's game. <laughs> Possibly. Ugh. But, uh, you know, Tom King doing Suicide Squad, as long as he throws in Kite Man, I'll be happy. Ooh. Hell yeah. Kite Man. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Who, do, who would I want to see in Suicide Squad? I mean, I can think of plenty of characters I want to see die in Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, I know he's bringing Magpie in, which who's a character I don't think I've seen in twenty years, anyways. I was just like, okay, she, clearly you're dead. <laughs> Magpie, she I think I want to say she was in a Nightwing comic in the Rebirth series. Mm, okay, maybe they maybe maybe. Or I might be thinking of another. I don't no, know. Maybe not. I think I might be thinking of Pigeon. We could go down crazy speculation road with <laughs> B and C-list and D-list uh, DC character Let's villains. Go Condiment Man. Let's go. Condiment Man. That was a Spider-Man villain, wasn't it? Uh no the he, the I think it was a Batman. Villain. You think you're right actually. I think I'm I'm confusing him with Pastepot Pete, who uh, was a Spider-Man villain. There you go with a name think, like that. <laughs> I think they upgraded him to like Glue Master at some point. That is definite <laughs> upgrade. It's all about branding. It's all about the branding. <laughs> God God. All right, we got to wrap this up because we're just we're just going downhill quickly here. We're going off the deep end. Sorry guys. Well, if you like these shenanigans, please write us a five-star review. Small podcasts like this can easily get lost in the mix, and those reviews go a long way to getting the word out about this super fun, off-the-rails podcast. Again, you can follow the show at TomCast underscore PopCast on Twitter, at TheTomCast underscore PopCast on Instagram. A quick programming note, I did mention uh, that we are... Uh, on a new host, so we are renewed with 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 Google Play and 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 uh, Apple iTunes and and all that good stuff. We are also now on Stitcher. Oh, so if people are Stitcher fans, you can find us on the Stitcher app. Yeah, why not? Might as well. Let's get stitchy. <laughs> Let's get stitched. We're trying to make it easier to find us. Yeah, we're on everywhere. All all the appropriate venues <laughs> and even the inappropriate ones too. You might find us on Pornhub. Yeah. You might find us on the dark web. You know, just search deep in there. <laughs> Look up kidney transplants. <laughs> You'll find us there. Oh boy. <laughs> Roger. It, it got a little nutty today, but I think I had a yeah. good time. How about you? Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. And with that, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be back soon. Hopefully next week. All fingers crossed. Yeah, it should be. And, uh, yeah, that's it for now. Ciao babes. Later. Make it so. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions.